If you've ever struggled with what self-care really means, what it should look like for you, how to overcome feelings of selfishness or guilt that often comes up when we as moms do, well, anything for ourselves, then you won't want to miss this episode. I'll be sharing what I see as the most common barriers to self-care and how you can overcome them. And they probably aren't what you expect either. I'd love to hear your thoughts after you listen. So when you're done, send me a quick email. Let me know what you learned or what challenged you the most. And I can't wait to connect. For now, enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to Healthy and Empowered Living. I'm your host, Lauren Joyce, and I'm so excited to be with you today. I am passionate about helping women just like you ditch the diet culture and transform your body from the inside out without feeling selfish or taking up all your time. I believe living healthy can be simple and fun and ultimately allow you to deepen your relationship with God and walk more fully in the purposes He has for you. I've been where you are now. I've tried the diets and even got to my goal weight, but it left me feeling just as empty, insecure, and unfulfilled as I was before. It wasn't until I drew closer to God that I experienced that true confidence I was after. So grab your Bible, notebook, and coffee and get ready to finally experience joy and freedom in your health journey. The society we live in today has created this idea that Self-care is like this fancy lifestyle, you know, think Manny's Petties, massages, spa, spa days all the time, rather than like a necessity because of the health and the beauty industry and all the products they're selling. Now, I'm not saying that those things are bad. If you love to get massages and facials and buy all the products to keep your face looking amazing, then do it. You don't need my permission to take care of yourself in that way, and you don't need to let anyone else's judgment hold you back either. I'm talking more for those who have always thought about self-care in that way, but don't really like those things, and then they really haven't done anything else to take care of themselves because of that possible misperception. You see, the definition of self-care is really just the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own life. I'd venture that includes health in the sense of mind, body, and spirit, right? So if health in any or all of those areas is something that you're seeking, then self-care needs to be a part of it. That being said, it's really not as complicated as it sounds. It doesn't have to be costly or time-consuming either, but it will take some work, effort, and intention to create the rhythms and routines you need to make it a sustainable part of your healthy lifestyle routine. And when you have them as a part of your routine, I promise you will never go back. Taking care of yourself will revolutionize how you are able to show up and take care of others. It will create a culture in your life and household that allows space for being alone, for being still with the Lord to listen to Him, processing emotions in a productive way. No more stressed out, insecure, angry, overwhelmed, frustrated moms here. We know how to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, and emotionally, right? You might be like, Lauren, no. I don't think I do, not in the way that you're talking about at least, and that's okay. You can start today with what I'm going to share next. I want to talk about three facets of self-care, why they're important, and then some practical ideas for pursuing what you need in each of them. Now keep in mind that there are many facets of self-care, so don't think I'm trying to say that this list is it. I do think that these three areas are what I see the most with my clients and women I talk to, which is why I'm sharing them specifically today. The first facet I want to talk about is emotional health. Now, I think emotional health can affect both your mind and your body. It might look like feeling so emotionally drained and overwhelmed that you just want to shut down. It might look like never wanting to feel your emotions, so you just kind of sweep them under the rug and ignore their presence. 
It might look like feeling low and depressed, which which leads you to see yourself physically in a really negative way, which then leads to low self-esteem, lack of confidence, you know, all the things. And lastly, I'll mention emotional eating here too. I mean, this was a huge one for me. And from conversations I've had, I know I'm not alone in struggling with emotional eating. Just a quick definition there, emotional eating, what I mean by that is when you use food to cope with an emotion, you know, whether you recognize or not acknowledge the emotion or not, you eat or drink something rather than focus on feeling that emotion. So what does self-care around your emotional health really look like? First, it looks like you're always deepening your understanding of your emotions and your feelings. Pursuing emotional health looks like learning to recognize your own emotions and process them in healthy ways, i.e. not with food or other mindless activities. I've been hearing this saying come up a lot lately that feelings are indicators, not dictators. So when you recognize a feeling or an emotion, you know, look deeper to what it's pointing to, what's really going on below the surface. Don't let that feeling or emotion just immediately dictate your actions. Okay, practically speaking, I want to talk about three steps you can take to begin caring for your emotional health today. So the first is spending time with the Lord, reading the Bible, praying, journaling is a huge help and as a way to process. You know, God created you and your emotions. He cares about them and is really the only one who can give you the best insight into how to feel and process them. Ultimately, it comes down to making sure that you are making the time and creating the space to fill your mind with truth and letting it affect you and transform you. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23 says this, Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. So keeping the words of God, listening to what he's saying, letting them sink into your heart is healing to your flesh, to your body. Because what I've experienced and witnessed is that when you are emotionally healthy, you're able to keep yourself more physically healthy too. So the second step I want to talk about is ditching the comparison and the envy. Focus on what works for you and surround yourself with others who are like-minded and also looking to grow. Proverbs 14.30 says a tranquil or some translations say a peaceful heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. So we talk about how physical health starts in the heart, but also this verse talks about how your insides will rot, your bones, the structure of your being, what holds you together will go bad if envy is taking over. Ouch. Now, some of you, like me, might do better processing externally by talking things out or having someone to help you or bounce ideas off of. And that's great. We all need people in our lives to give us new ideas, encourage us, speak the truth and love to us. You know, whether that's family, friends, reading a book, listening to podcasts, there are two keys here, though. Don't get caught up in comparing where you are to where they are. And make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right kind of people who are pointing you in the direction that you're trying to go. Proverbs 23, 19 to 21 gives us a pretty good warning on this. It says, Hear, my son, and be wise. Direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. All right, the third step I want to talk about is to just keep practicing being aware of your emotions. Walk by the Spirit and don't give up even when it's hard or uncomfortable. 
Emotions suck sometimes, I know. But when you live emotionally healthy by taking care of yourself in this area, you are living the way God created you to live, and you'll be able to handle all that life throws at you and serve those around you in incredible ways. I want to read Galatians 5, verses 16 and then 19 through 23. You'll probably recognize the last part pretty easily, but as I read it, notice how just about all of what's mentioned, both positive and negative, are emotions or things that flow from inside us. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Our emotions, what flows out from us, is evidence of whether we are living by the flesh or by the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I long to live by the Spirit. And I want that to be evident to others, which is why I pursue emotional health as a way to take care of myself. When I'm emotionally healthy and able to have the fruit of the Spirit pour out from me, I'm able to show up as the woman that God created me to be and serve my family and others. Okay, the next facet of self-care that I want to talk about is managing stress. I talked before about creating the space to recognize and process your emotions, but I think oftentimes I say that and the first thing that comes to your mind is that you're too busy. You don't have time for that. You don't even know where to start. This is where the managing stress in an appropriate way comes into play. This is a very overlooked way to take care of yourself, I think. You might fall into lies like, the busy is just for a season, so I'll have more time later. Or, my kids and family just want to do all the things. How can I say no to them? Or, you know, whatever other thing you might be telling yourself that keeps your schedule busy and your stress level high. See, the truth is that living in high stress can wreak havoc on your body and your mind. Honestly, you may not even know how stressed you are at times. I had a client who really didn't live that stressful of a life, she thought, but she couldn't make a healthy lifestyle stick. She felt overwhelmed to start new things and had bad habits she really wanted to stop, but couldn't figure out how. All these things, it turned out, were stemming from not having a structured and manageable daily schedule and a way to handle all that life demanded of her. Once she was able to create rhythms and routines for her days and her life, Suddenly, everything else was clicking into place. She described it as having the capacity, like mentally and physically, to deal with what was really going on under the surface that was preventing her from the ideal healthy lifestyle and kicking those old habits that she wanted to be done with. So maybe for you, managing stress in the past has looked like mindless activities, you know, TV, maybe it's food or drink related. Maybe you don't think you're all that stressed and yet your schedule is filled to the brim and you say things like, I don't have time for me or for sleep, or for food, or, you know, whatever else it is. All right, let's get practical here about really managing stress in a healthy way. I want to talk about two ideas that you can look to. The first is planning and prioritizing your time and schedule in a way that keeps you from feeling rushed and frazzled all the time. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And then Hebrews 13.5 and 6 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can confidently say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear. What can man do to me? 
If you're feeling like you have too much on your plate or you're overly stressed by all that you're trying to fit into your schedule, then I'd encourage you to seek the Lord about it and ask yourself why you're trying to do all these things. Are there certain worldly standards or expectations you're trying to fulfill? Are you trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak? This is a great time to revisit your current priorities like health, time with the Lord, quality family time, etc. And see if how you are actually spending your time and energy aligns with your priorities and if your priorities align with what the Lord has for you in this season. Spending time doing these things are great ways to make sure that you are taking care of yourself because when your stress is managed through a manageable schedule, your time and energy can really be focused on what you desire for it to be focused on. And the second thing I want to talk about here is finding ways to relax and de-stress that are healthy and productive rather than mindless. So often I hear women tell me that they de-stress or fill downtimes with TV, mindless social media scrolling, or eating of some kind. The other thing I hear is that you don't want to be doing these things. If that's you, you probably already realize that those things don't actually make you feel better. In fact, sometimes they make you feel worse than when you started. It can seem like a good idea because it's not using any physical energy, which stress causes you to feel physically tired, so that's the problem you're looking to fix, right? But it does use mental energy, and whether like whether you realize it or not. Being overstimulated by the screen time to de-stress is truly not helping your emotional health, which we just talked about the importance of, right? Proverbs 13.4 says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly su- supplied. I've witnessed this in my own life and in the lives of my clients who try this too. It can be a little scary to think about doing things during your quote-unquote downtime because of lacking energy or wanting to make sure that you have enough energy at the end of the day, but the reality is that the more you do this, the more energy you will gain from it. You will be richly supplied in energy, health, and satisfaction if you fight against this lie of needing lazy, mindless time, and then you choose to use it productively instead. Lastly, filling every second of your day leaves you very little time for the command of Psalm 4610. And I'm sure you've heard this before. It says, be still and know that I am God. And then Jesus says too in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So next time you have downtime or feel like being lazy, because you're tired or burned out, try being with Jesus, resting in him, and letting him be the one that renews you. Okay, the last facet of self-care that I want to talk about is really a little bit redundant, but I want to say it again anyways because it is so important, and that is keeping the Lord first in all things. So when you're thinking about taking care of yourself, doing self-care, you want to always make sure that you're keeping your eyes on the Lord. It can be really easy to get caught up doing certain things for worldly pleasure or fulfillment or others' approval or to check boxes or whatever it is, but keeping the Lord first as you seek to care for your needs is the surest way to keep on track because the truth is that God is the only one who can really fill all of your needs, and if you're trying to look to other people, things, or activities to fill a need, you'll end up disappointed every time. Matthew 6, 31-33 says this, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then John 10.10, a very familiar verse, I'm sure, says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And the last verse I want to share with you is one of my personal favorites. It's Psalm 1611, and it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So there you have it. My three favorite areas of how to take care of yourself so you can show up and serve those around you better. It's often said that self-care isn't selfish, it's essential, but I really like to take it one step further and say it's biblical, and you've seen that now. Throughout scripture, there are ways we are called to keep emotionally healthy, manage our stress, and obviously keep the Lord first in all things. Thanks for listening today. If you're loving what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes each week. And if you're not already a part of the Joyful Health for Christian Moms Facebook community, we'd love to have you. We aren't meant to do this thing alone, so come find the support and encouragement you need on your journey to healthy and empowered living. Also, if you're interested in working with me through my coaching program, you can book a free discovery call or email me to learn more. You'll find all the links to connect with me in the show notes. Until next time.